Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to the Britsburg Britcast, my three times weekly podcast all about our Pittsburgh Steelers. Live, well, not live, recorded here in the UK. So, guys, my aim, like I said to you, is not only to have my live stream on a Saturday night. I hope you enjoyed the live stream with Richie the Steel Texan the other day. It was fantastic to talk to a fellow Steeler fan from El Paso in Texas. And this coming Saturday, I will have Daniel J, State of the Steelers, another Texan Steeler fan from San Antonio on the Pittsburgh broadcast on Saturday night. But yeah, my new uh, podcast, which will go out Monday, Wednesday and Friday, which I'll be talking about Steelers topics, um, Steelers news and everything going on in Steeler Nation. So hopefully you will enjoy, hopefully you enjoy these new podcasts. Let me know in the comments below. Give me your feedback and let me know if there's any topics you want me to cover, anything you want me to cover as we head into the season. You know, guys, it's the 25th, 25th of July now um, here in the UK. It is 1.10 in the morning and it's 25th of July. I know if, um, when I'm recording this, it's still the 24th of July in the States, but we are so close now, so close. I can almost taste it, almost smell it. Training camp is coming, guys. Training camp is nearly here. For this first time in three seasons, the Steelers will be back at Latrobe, back at St. Vincent College, back where they belong, bringing the Steelers together, bonding together as a team, becoming the Steelers that, that we were of the past, the, the Steeler family. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first time here at, uh, at Latrobe. And I think for some of them, it's going to be just getting used to actually trying to find their way around Latrobe, getting used to the the routines, the schedules of Latrobe, because they haven't been there before. You know, you look at that uh, 2020 draft class, you know, Claypool and Highsmith, none of those guys have been there before. You know, listening this morning to a podcast, I think it was the SNR Drive with uh, Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly. You know, even Minka Fitzpatrick, as they said, has not been to Latrobe. He came after uh, the training camp to the Steelers. So even he has not yet been to Latrobe. So it's actually Minka's first time at Latrobe. So it'd be interesting to get his feedback and see what he thinks about being at Latrobe. Um, hope, you know, maybe, guys, you saw the video that Steelers put out the other day about the training camp at Latrobe, and you saw the sort of the thoughts of TJ Watt and Cam Haywood. Um, the thoughts of also Coach Tomlin. You know, th what, this was very powerful for me, what he said. He said, I not only think about the 15 years that I've had to enjoy, but I also think about the ones that have come before me. World Championship caliber teams, some of the best players ever to have played the game. When I walk down the hill at St. Vincent, I think that same track that Bill Cower and Chuck Noll walked as well as this, it's humbling for me. And that's a really interesting quote from Mike Tomlin, isn't it? That he he's had this, this situation where he is following in the footsteps of two great Steelers head coaches, four-time Super Bowl champion Chuck Noll. You know, Bill Cower, who like uh, Tomlin, went to two Super Bowls, won one, lost one. You know, these guys have worked with some of the greatest players of all time. And, you know, to, to know as well as a Steelers player and as a Steelers coach that you are walking onto the turf where players of the caliber of Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, Mike Webster, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, Frenchie Fuqua, John Kolb, Mad Dog. Those players have set foot on this turf and to know that those guys have been there before and you are following in the footsteps of absolute, not only Steeler legends, but NFL legends. 
these guys are players that go down in history that are talked about by fans of other teams as been the greatest ever. And to be following in their footsteps is going to be amazing. It's humbling, you know, for Chase Claypool to be to be on the same field that where John Stallworth and Lynn Swan have been, and and wow for Cam Haywood as well, and and Larry Ogunjobi and Demarvin Leal to be on the same in the same area, the same field as as Mean Joe Green, as that steel curtain defense. I mean, wow. I mean, just blown away by that. That'll be absolutely amazing to be able to follow in the footsteps of such amazing talent. Some of the finest players ever to play the game of football. But, you know, like it says there, like Coach Tomlin says in that quote, you know, to be following some of the best in the footsteps of some of the best. And some of those names that I mentioned from the 70s Steelers, you know, Lambert and Ham and Russell and people of that caliber. You know, it really got me to thinking when I was reading this comment, thinking about Latrobe and thinking about the Pittsburgh Steelers as a team. It's often said that as go the Steelers linebackers, so go the Steelers and their defense. Pittsburgh really is linebacker you, isn't it? It's the place that like a linebacker center of excellence for me. It's where the best linebackers in the NFL come and they play and and and, and they show out. You know, I, I was, when I was researching for this uh, BritCast today, um, I was looking through lists of former Steelers linebackers. And as a franchise, we're so spoiled. We are so spoiled, guys. Steeler Nation, We I don't think we know how lucky we are sometimes. Do you look at some of the players that have played as inside linebackers, outside linebackers for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And we're talking about some of the greatest in NFL history, not just the greatest in Pittsburgh Steeler history, but the greatest in NFL history. That's what we're talking about. And as a franchise, we are so lucky to have had those players pull on the black and gold, run out of Three Rivers, run out of Heinz Field and play in front of Steeler Nation. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I want to talk about the linebackers and I want to talk about how, you know, what the past and then bring it back to the present and talk about the present linebackers. So stay with me to find out a little bit more about obviously the present day linebackers a little bit later in this podcast. But when you think of when opposition fans and when opposition analysts, and when opposition coaches and analysts think about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, they often think about the linebackers. That's often the names that jump out at you and remind you of those great defenses of the past. You know, you think, oh, that was the defense that Jack Lambert was in, or that was the defense that Larry Foote was in, or James Farrier was in. And that's what brings it back to you, the memory of who was the linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the linebackers for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that era and in that team. You know, to be a great linebacker, you know, being a linebacker is arguably as demanding as being a quarterback. You are like the quarterback of the defense, aren't you? It is physically demanding rather than mentally demanding, I think. But it certainly has both sides of it, you know, especially if you're the green dot for the in, in, the, in the modern era, the, the quarterback, the captain of that defense. To be a great to be a great linebacker, you have to be physically strong to battle that offensive line. You have to be fast. You have to be quick to get around the park. You have to have grit and determination to beat off blocks and meet running backs on and smash them back into the backfield. You've got to have agility to turn and and jump and move and go up for the ball to intercept it and be everywhere, be everything to every man really. And also, you've got to be clever. You've got to be smart. Most most linebackers are the linebackers who wear the green dots. They're the clever ones, the ones with great football intelligence. You know, possibly the secondary are there as well. But these guys have to have great football intelligence to be great linebackers. You know, 
The extent of obviously what a linebacker has to do depends upon the system they have to play in. The Steelers originally from 69 onwards went to a 4-3 system under Chuck Nutt. Chuck Nutt, no, we all remember that great steel curtain defense, don't we? You know, mean Joe Green, LC Greenwood, Mad Dog, what and White and Holmes, and, and those players, you know, just legends of the modern legends of the Steelers franchise. Then in the early 80s, the Steelers switched to using the 3-4 system, which we still use in our base packages today. In this new system, we have to have outside linebackers capable of rushing the quarterback, which we do in Alex and TJ. Inside linebackers, you've got to be strong against the run and versatile enough to cover running backs and cover tight ends. And that's something, obviously, that, 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 that Devin Bush and Miles Jack are going to have to be able to do this coming season. But we'll go back to TJ, Alex, uh, Devin and Miles in a minute, well, in a few minutes. I was reading some articles and looking through some stuff and thinking about Steelers, Steelers linebackers of the past. And I was thinking about, you know, who are the greatest Steelers linebackers of all time? You know, who are the names that jump off the chart? You know, I'm sure out there in Steeler Nation, you could all give me your top five linebackers or your top 10 linebackers. But Sports Illustrated was where one of the places that I looked and, you know, I got it helped me sort of refine thoughts. And these were the 10 players that Sports Illustrated picked out as been the finest 10 linebackers of all time. And I want to just take a bit of time to run through these guys. First of all, you look at that list of 10 names and you are blown away by the standard, by the quality, by the talent and by the ability in that lineup. I mean, 10 names there that would walk into any other franchise, NFL franchise. 10 names that today would still do their job. 10 names that would still be awesome NFL players, even today in the modern NFL. Now, if we start at the bottom with Kevin Green, who was, they ranked in 10th. Kevin Green obviously came from the Rams in a trade when the Rams changed system to a 4-3. And they tried to turn him into a defensive end with his hand, hand in the ground, which is not what Green was. Green was part of that legendary Blitzburg defense, uh, part of the team that went to the Super Bowl and unfortunately lost to the Dallas Cowboys. 35 and a half of Green's career sacks came in his time um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he is a Hall of Famer, a two times pro Bowl, a one time all pro. And, you know, you look back at some of some of his game tape and some of what he did and you might have some memories of him as well the emotion that he brought to the game the those flowing blonde locks you know kevin green what a legend let me move on to james farrier potsy guy when he was with the jets was nothing really jets fans don't really like farrier they don't really rate him at all but farrier was tough he was smart he was the captain of that defense wasn't he, he was the leader um he was a starter on a D that ranked number one in points against and yards against five times um, in his career. That's how good he was in terms of inspiring and calling out the plays and being that leader on that um, defense. He played 154 games for the Steelers, had 30 sacks and eight interceptions, three Super Bowl appearances, winning two Super Bowls, two-time Super Bowl champion James Farrier, two-times Pro Bowler and one-time All-Pro. You know, absolute legend again when and the qualifications there to make him one of the best are just, they're just there. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. Fantastic player. Then we move on to one of the most underrated steers, I think, LaVon Kirkland. LaVon Kirkland, he was a monster of a linebacker, a huge specimen of a human being. Nine seasons with the Steelers. He was someone who stomped running backs into the ground and ground them to pieces. Again, someone who played in that Blitzberg era, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, 144 games, 18 and a half sacks, 11 interceptions. Levon Kirkland, again, another fantastic linebacker. 
Let me go to Joey Porter, one of my personal favorites. You know, I love Joey Porter. I've started a video of him in the in the um in the locker room after the Colts victory, you know, uh, when he's giving, you know, wind them up, hoorah, we ride, hoorah, we ride, and all this. And they shot me in Denver. That sort of inspiration of Porter. And I remember him stalking the sidelines um against the Bengals and that comment, I'm tired, man. I'm tired of whooping all your asses. You know, that was Porter all over. Getting in a fight as well. That, that was Joey Porter. That's who Joey Porter was. Um, you know, Joey Porter was a fierce pass rushing monster, wasn't he? 60 sacks in his time with the Steelers. He won the Super Bowl in 2005. Three times pro baller, one time all pro and one time Super Bowl champion. Coach with the Steelers as well. Absolute character. Um, a great linebacker. Jason Gilden, who's probably one of the most underrated Steelers of all time, and some people often would forget on that list. Ten seasons, he tormented quarterbacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, he saw limited action in the Super Bowl run of 95, but he was a three-time Pro Bowl, a one-time All-Pro, 138 games, 77 sacks, two interceptions, you know, second behind James Harrison in terms of sacks. But obviously, he's been passed, will be passed by TJ Watt. Let me go to Andy Russell. Russell actually started playing with the Steelers when the Steelers still sucked. Um, but he, you know, it was part of that development of that franchise, development of the, the dynasty. That's who Andy Russell was. Seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, 168 games, 18 interceptions in those 168 games. You know, formed at the start of the, for those first two Super Bowls, a formidable um, three-linebacker trio with Jack Lambert and Jack Ham. Uh, an awesome linebacker and an awesome person as well. Greg Lloyd was who they put fourth on the list. And Greg Lloyd, now I remember Greg Lloyd wearing a T-shirt often when he used to warm up and he said, I wasn't hired for my disposition. And that's who Greg Lloyd was. He was a snarling, nasty, intimidating, ill-tempered, bad mood kind of guy on the on, on the field week in, week out. And he took his frustrations out on opposition offensive linemen, opposition running backs and opposition quarterbacks. He brought the fire. He brought, he unleashed hell, as Tomlin often says we do in December. You know, Lloyd was that ruthless pass rusher that, you know, would not just tackle a quarterback, would, would smash him into the ground. You know, he was a quality player. He played obviously with in the same team as Kevin Green and, and was that blitz was Blitzberg. Five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, 131 games in his Steelers career, 53 and a half sacks and 10 interceptions for Greg Lloyd. A real snarling, in-your-face, bone-crushing linebacker. And that's that's Greg Lloyd. Then third, they put one of my personal favorite players, one of the players that I loved to see play. Debo, James Harrison. You know, Debo was cut seven times yet, fought back and became one of the greatest Steelers of all time. How presently holds the Steelers sack record as well. You know, 80 and a half sacks, which I think TJ will obviously try, will obviously pass this season if he stays fit. But James Harrison was a tone setter, wasn't he? He was, he just smashed people into the middle of next week. He, you know, he, he struggled at first to find a place on, on a franchise, but as soon as he found a place and as soon as he, he he got his feet under the table in Pittsburgh. That was it. He was an absolute legend. Um, hard hitter, intimidator, like I said. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion, 2008 Defensive Player of the Year. That And who can forget so many moments of James Harrison's career that are worth talking about. 
I mean, even stuff that didn't involve football, that suplex that he pulled on that Cleveland Browns fan when he's that Cleveland Browns fan ran in onto the pitch and he picked him up and slammed him to the ground. There was his 100-yard pick six in the Super Bowl versus Arizona, still one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. You know, I remember watching that game and I remember screaming at the telly, run, run, you... And, and there was a few expletives in there, which I don't want to say, obviously, on this family show, but, you know, screaming at, the, at him to run faster to get there. And then when Larry Fitzgerald came and nearly tried to knock the ball out of his hand, being like, oh, no, not now, not now. And then seeing him score and going absolutely crazy over it. That was Harrison. And even though he, later in his career, played for the Bengals and the Patriots, that, for me, doesn't doesn't ruin his Steeler legacy. He is one of the greatest Steelers ever and one of the greatest Steelers linebackers ever. Then that list is topped by probably the two greatest linebackers of all time. Two of the probably greatest linebackers of all time in the NFL, let alone for the Steelers. And these two, I think, are interchangeable. You could have them either way around. That's how amazing these two guys were. Jack Ham, a truly great player of all time. One of the greatest Steelers of all time. One of the greatest NFL players of all time. He was part of the rise of the dynasty. The he was he was he was the dynasty. He was part of that steel curtain, wasn't he? He was an athletic outside linebacker. He was a he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's number fifty nine. He's practically unofficially retired. I don't think we'll ever see that number one again. Eight time Pro Bowler, six time All Pro, four time Super Bowl champion. 162 games, three sacks, 32 interceptions, and just his all-round tackling, his pursuit around the field, the way he played the game. And, you know, despite what Doug Whaley said earlier, you know, earlier in, in the preseason about the fact that Ham would be a backup special team player, utter rubbish. Jack Ham would still be awesome today. Let me move on to probably one of my favourite ever Steelers, Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert, what an absolute superstar Jack Lambert was. You know, there's that great T-shirt, isn't it? You can buy on. I've seen it as a meme a number of times that uh, the the bogey, the bogeyman uh, checks his closet for Jack Lambert when he goes to bed, and you know, parents talk about the bogeyman to scare children when the bogeyman talks about Jack Lambert to scare himself, and that that's how scary Jack Lambert was. He was known as Count Dracula in cleats because of his his missing teeth. He was known as Madman Jack. He didn't take prisoners. He you know he came out with with comments like um, he said that all quarterbacks should have to wear dresses. Um, that was a disrespect he held them in and it related to the fact that he felt they were overprotected. You know, he started a fight in a Super Bowl when Cliff Harris went over to allegedly console. So it was said uh, Roy Jarella after he missed a kick. You know, Jack Lambert took exception to that and, and picked a fight with Cliff Harris, who is still a punk. Um, that was Jack Lambert. You know, a great quote from John Elway, the great John Elway. John Elway said the first time he went to the, to the line and he saw that Jack Lambert was opposite, opposite him, he felt like quitting at that point. That's how scary Lambert was. That snarling face on the other side, him telling him, telling you that he's got your number and he was coming for you. That's that's Jack Lambert, and he was awesome. Nine times a pro bowler, six times an all-pro. I mean... 1974 Defensive Rookie of the Year, 1976 Defensive Player of the Year, four-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer in 1990, 146 games, eight sacks, 28 interceptions, just an absolute outstanding individual. You know, that Hall of Fame speech, you know, when he said that if he had his time over again, you damn right he'd be a footballer and you damn right I'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's how much he loved the Steelers and being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And Jack Lambert, obviously one of the greatest of all time. You know, there's so many others you could put in as honourable mentions. You know, honourable mentions like 
TJ Watt at this moment in time, I think would be probably one of the greatest in history. I, he wouldn't have included that top 10 list because he hasn't finished playing yet. Lamar Woodley, again, Wood, another one who helped win that Arizona Super Bowl. You know, that story that Coach Tomlin told about him going and going, Wood, we need to play. And Wood going, I got this. I got this, Coach. I got this. And, you know, him stopping that final play from Kurt Warner. Him. Lawrence Timmins, the, the law dog, another one, very underrated. Absolutely awesome player. You've also got the likes of Mike Merriweather, David Little, Chad Brown, Larry Foote, another one, Ryan Shazier, who only shone, shone for a short time, but was absolutely awesome linebacker. You know, like I said, that history of Pittsburgh Steelers linebackers is absolutely immense, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. Now we look at this modern day, and if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you've got to have an awesome linebacker group. If you look at the last Super Bowl that the Steelers won, okay, back against the Arizona Cardinals, this was our, our quartet of linebackers, our starting quartet of linebackers. Lamar Woodley, Larry Foote, James Farrier, and James Harrison. Two of those guys in the top 10. Um, four, four of them get, are on that top list anyway, the top 20. You know, great players. And that's the calibre of linebacker you've got to have. Two outstanding outside linebackers in Lamar Woodley and James Harrison. Two outstanding inside linebackers in Larry Foote and James Farrier, Potsy, the leader. And that's what you've got to have. Now, if you look at our modern um, Steelers linebackers depth chart, outside linebackers, you've got TJ Watt, Derek Tushka, TD Moultrie, Sam, uh, Alex Highsmith, Sam's his dad, sorry, Alex Highsmith, Janard Avery, Delonte Scott, and Tyree Johnson. Then inside linebackers, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Marcus Allen, Robert Spillane, UG3, Buddy Johnson, Mark Robinson, and two Zar Skipper. So that's our mo that's the modern Steelers. Now we've got to hope that the start, that, that four, that quartet, we can get from that quartet four linebackers capable of matching the achievements of the past, of past Steelers, you know, like those four that I've just mentioned, if not Super Bowl against Arizona, like the linebackers of the past, like Lambert and Ham and Russell. I'm not saying that they're in the same class as Lambert, Ham and Russell for a minute, but in that same sort of, you know, that playing that sort of level, that's what you've got to aspire to and try to get there. You know, if you look at the four that are probably going to start that game one, you've got Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, TJ Watt. Now, Alex and TJ, for me, are awesome. They are an awesome pass rush duo, and I think Alex will go off this season. I think Alex is going to increase that sack output to be 10-plus sacks and really develop him himself as an outside linebacker. I, you know, season one, he had two sacks. Season uh, season two, he had six sacks. He was, there, was, there was an increase in, in output on his sacks. He was probably one of our best run defenders as well last year on a, on a defense that really struggled with the run. So, and as well, if you look at a lot of the game tape, the sacks that what got, Alex is one step behind him. On most of the franchises, Alex would have had double figures by now. I mean, obviously, there is a downside. If Alex does go double figures the next two seasons, then once his contract expires, he's going to want to be paid. And can we afford to pay him when we're paying TJ Watt, paying Minka, etc.? That's going to be a question for Omar Khan for that time. But in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, we have got, again, Two outside linebackers that can carry on the tradition that the Pittsburgh Steelers have of having outstanding linebackers. My only concern around the outside linebacker position is that depth. Is there enough depth there with Avery, with Tushka, with, with uh, Moultrie, with Tyree Johnson? And I think there's a concern there. If one of Alex 
or TJ goes down, there is a real concern for me that there is not the talent level there to come in and replace them week in, week out. And you've got to hope that any injury will be a very short-term one that would only lead to TJ or Alex missing one week or maybe two weeks. Um, you know, Tushka is a trier. He, he's, he developed last season. Jannard Avery is a big hope, obviously, coming in from the Eagles. But after that, you choose our skipper as well. These guys, I don't think, are of sufficient quality to really be quality backups. And that is a concern going into the 2022 season. But with TJ and Alex, we have two linebackers that will carry on that tradition of outstanding Steelers outside linebackers. Then you move inside to Devin Bush and Miles Jack. Now, Devin Bush was someone who, when he was drafted back in 2019, in his first season, his rookie season, he looked every bit that replacement for Ryan Shazier the Steelers had been looking for for so long. He looked every bit the archetypal Steelers inside linebacker, sideline to sideline coverage, turning, moving, you know, beating blocks, smashing linebackers, rushing the passer, covering tight ends, covering receivers. You know, being a quality player. But then, obviously, in his sophomore season, he had the ACL tear against uh, Cleveland. And then coming back from that, he was not the same player he was in that rookie season. And that was a concern. So he's talked as well, you know, when he was in interviewed about the fact that he didn't feel confident in his knee, that he didn't feel back to being the Devon Bush of old, that he felt he couldn't twist, turn, jump move in the way that he previously could during his rookie season because of the concern and the fear there that something would happen and his knee would go again. And when you have that delay in thought, that one to two second delay, that can mean the difference between stopping that play at a four yard gain or a two yard gain or a 13 yard gain. And that was one of the issues that the Steelers had in their run defense last year. And also the fact that Bush was often accused of not covering properly, of not chasing players. But again, that was because he was worried about having that explosiveness away from the spot and would his knee hold up to it? And again, there was that concern and that worry. And he, and, and he, he really was in a position where he couldn't play to the best of his abilities. Now, this season, we've heard him talk already and we've seen him train already back to somewhere near the level that he was in that rookie season. He's talked about having that, that knee being back to where it should be. Now, people underestimate how long it takes to come back from an ACL tear, a full calendar year at least. And Bush has had that full calendar year this year. Now he has no excuses. And he's certainly training again and moving again and talking again like the Devon Bush of the 2019 season. He's talked about the fact that he's now back in a position where he can do what he wants to be and be the player that he wants to be to carry on that tradition of in outstanding Steelers linebackers. He could be the green dot as well this year. He has the football intelligence. He has the grit, the agility, the speed, all the things you need to be a great Steelers linebacker. And we underestimate, of course, as well, the input that Brian Flores will have on him. And I'll talk a bit more about Flores shortly. Miles Jack, the second inside linebacker, a guy from, uh, from the Jacksonville Jags who, you know, in that playoff game way back against the Steelers, he was awesome. He made Ben's life a misery that day. And Jack is a beast of a linebacker. He's fast. He's sideline to sideline. He's physically tough. He's bigger than bigger than Bush. He is someone I think who will pair excellently with Bush and give us two phenomenal inside linebackers. Again, has the potential to be there in the same ability as for as Farrier were in that Super Bowl against Arizona. So that is something we need to look at this year. Can Jack and Bush rise up to be those great inside linebackers in the same mold as the likes of James Farrier, for example, as the likes of Ryan Shazier as well? You know, working with Brian Flores is having a massive impact and will have a massive impact on Miles and on Devon. You know, if you look at what what 
Brian Flores did in New England, where he turned pretty average linebackers like Calvin Noy into really good linebackers. So with better material, like Bush, like Jack, who are better players than people like Carl Van Noy, he can really raise that level and raise those two up to be to following the footsteps of those outstanding Steelers linebackers of the past. You know, for me, it's about Alex, a, a TJ. Uh, it's about Devon. It's about Miles doing what they need to do in terms of building a legacy, building, you know, a Steelers tradition, a Steelers history, following that tradition and history of the Steelers having outside linebackers of that as the linebackers go, so goes the Steelers defense. And if your linebackers are having an outstanding season, your defense is having an outstanding season. And that's what we need to see from TJ, from Alex, from Devon and from Miles this coming season. You know, you want to go down in history. As a Steelers linebacker, you've got plenty of outstanding role models to aspire to. And we want to see Bush and Jack aspiring to be like the Lamberts, the Hams, the Shaziers, the Foots, the Farriers, the Kirklands of this world. That's what you want to see them aspiring to be like. You know, and this season, I want to see Jack and uh, Bush showing that physicality, getting around the park, putting the pressure on, being the outstanding inside linebackers that they can be. And really then becoming two names that we mention in future when we talk about great Steelers linebackers. You know, no, I'm not pretending that these guys are going to be in the same class as Jack Lambert and Jack Ham, Randy Russell or, or Debo. But, well, TJ, I think might be. And there's a very good chance that TJ will go down as one of the greatest Steelers of all time. You know, given the fact this guy has tied the single season sack record and week in, week out has been outstanding three years in a row has led the league in sacks and there's no reason to to suspect that won't be the case again this year despite what the Madden ratings may say but for me I just think we've got we're in a place now where we have four linebackers who are capable of following in the footsteps of those outstanding linebackers of the past the Greg Lloyds the Kevin Greens as well of this world you know there's outside linebackers have the opportunity to become outstanding pass rush duo and make opposition quarterbacks panic when they play the Steelers. Jack and Bush have a better line in front of them this year and have the potential again to go on and really prove themselves to be the inside linebackers that we know they're capable of. You know, Jack's on a two-year deal. Bush is playing on the last year of his last year of his rookie deal. Bush wants to be paid. He wants a new deal. Whether that's with the Steelers, whether that's with someone else, he's going to want to prove that he's worth that money. And I think we'll see that this season. And Jack is going to want to prove that he's in the right place. And now he's he's talked about being with a winning team, having a winning ethos, it being very different from what he's used to in Jacksonville. Hopefully that's going to bring the best out of Jack and help him to follow in the footsteps of those outstanding linebackers of the past. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the content. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this this Britcast about linebackers. I love the linebacker position. It's a position I would have loved to have played. I'd have been born in America and had the opportunity to play American football, which we don't get a lot of in this country. I'd have loved to have been a linebacker, an inside linebacker, or an outside linebacker. Not really, not really bothered with one of them. I love that. I have always loved Steelers linebackers. Ryan Shazier is one of my favorite players. James Harrison is one of my favorite players. Jack Lambert is one of my favorite players. You know, TJ Watt is one of my present day favorite players. I love Alex Highsmith as well. I love the intensity, the physicality that linebackers play with. Uh, you know, I love looking back at the James Harrison hits and looking back at Shazier's career and looking back at, you know, Lambert's, the Hams. You know, I was born in 1978. I didn't really get to see Lambert and Ham play. And I was too young to remember, you know, 79, 80 seasons and things like that. You know, was one, two years old. In fact, it was 88 when I obviously got into supporting the Steelers. So, for me, 
the linebacker position is something that is Pittsburgh, isn't it? It is what the Steelers are about. We have a reputation for building outstanding linebackers here in Pittsburgh. And the hope, obviously, is that the, the, the coaches, Jerry Olsavsky and Brian Flores, Terrell Austin, can work with this linebacker quartet that we've got this year, this outstanding in my opinion, linebacker quartet with TJ, Alex, uh, Devon and Miles. And they can take them on to that next step to follow in the traditions of the great Steelers of the past, of the great Steelers linebackers of the past. And I think it's time to be thankful, isn't it, that we have such had such outstanding inside and outside linebackers play for us as a franchise. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this first BritCast of the week. I'll be back on Wednesday with my next BritCast. Remember to check out also my channel as well, where we have videos about particular topics to do with the Steelers dropping every single day. Um, yesterday, Sunday, I dropped a video about Carlins Patel and how he could be the next Mike Hilton. If you haven't checked that out yet, please go and check that out. And obviously more topics coming up this week. And training camp starting this week. Can't wait for training camp. Can't wait. Bring it on. Come on. Let's go. That training camp is going to be immense. So, guys, um, also, I'll be putting this podcast out on Spotify and on Anchor as well. So, if you want to listen to it all on the audio version, please pick up that as well. Remember to press the follow button and give me a five-star rating on Spotify. That would be fantastic if you could do that. And if you're watching here on Britsburg, go and voice them across the pond. Uh, hit that subscribe. Ring that bell. Come and join the Britsburg family. So, guys, thank you for picking up and watching the Britsburg BritCast. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Here we go. Go Steelers. Come on.